Open your Bibles tonight to the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel and chapter 17. 1 Samuel and chapter number 17. The story is long and we're going to read just a portion of the story here beginning in verse number 38. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and we'll begin in verse number 38 and we will read through verse number 45. I'm preaching tonight on this subject, Go with the Proven Method. Go with the proven method. I want to say tonight, our church is not in a holding pattern. We're in a preparation time, preparing for exciting days ahead. With all of my heart, I believe God's people are anxious and ready, not only to be back to church, but be back to serving God. I believe this message is going to be of help to us in coming weeks and coming months in the summer of 2020. And I want you to listen as I preach on the subject, Go with the Proven Method. I'll pray and then read the scripture tonight. Heavenly Father, I bow in prayer, not because it is a requirement. I bow in prayer, not because it is a habit to do so. I bow in prayer because I hunger for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. For 34 years, I've stood to preach as a pastor. And Lord, for 34 years, I have experienced the result of prayer and preparation before preaching the Word of God. Now, Lord, I have worked to prepare. I come now to yield myself to you afresh and anew, asking that you would use me in your will with your power to deliver the message this evening. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, the story of 1 Samuel 17 is a familiar story. It is the story of young David the shepherd killing Goliath, the champion fighter. Let's read just a few of the verses. 1 Samuel 17, verse number 38. We are well into the story. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put an helmet of brass upon his head, and he armed him with a coat or covering of mail. That is a that is a covering of metal uh, that is fighting armor. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? You think you're going to take a stick and run me away? 
and the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with the sword and with the spear and with the shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Let me remind you of the story. David is a young man. He has not yet reached the age that he can legally be a part of Israel's army. He is a fine young man and he is taking care of his father's sheep. His task seems insignificant. It seems to be one that anyone could do, but David was quite serious in all that he did and he took very good care of his father's sheep. In fact, David was willing to risk his life for just the little lambs and the sheep that belonged to his father. In the context of this story, you will find that there was once a bear and later a lion that came to the fold that David was watching. And David rescued a lamb from the very mouth of the lion. In fact, it's quite a story when he tells how he grabbed that lion by the beard and he took the lamb from the lion. Now, David was a young shepherd boy, but my, what a tough and what a fine young man David was. David also had a very good relationship with the Lord. His father had taught him about God, the God of Israel. He knew the stories of how God had made them a nation, delivering them from the land of Egypt, bringing them miraculously across the Red Sea and across the desert to the land of Canaan and becoming the great nation that they were. David had a strong faith in God and he walked with God each day as he cared for the sheep for his father. One day his father said to him, David, I want you to go check on your brothers. You know, of course, that they are soldiers in Israel's army. And right now they're in battle with the Philistines. I want you to take them some food and I want you to check on them and I want you to bring a report back to me about your brothers. You know the story, David gets to the battlefield and there's no fighting going on. In fact, Israel's army is hid in the rocks and the caves and all of a sudden, here comes this big giant, a man like he'd never seen before. I mean, a huge man, nearly 10 feet tall. The Bible calls him a champion fighter. Champion means you've won every battle that you've fought, and nobody had ever been able to stop Goliath. And Goliath comes out, and he begins to make fun of the children of Israel. Not the women and children. He makes fun of the soldiers of the army of Israel. They were afraid and they were hid in the rocks and the caves. Saul, the king, was there with them. And Goliath began to curse the God of heaven. He began to curse the armies of Israel and a fire began to burn in David's heart. Perhaps David felt the same way at that point that he did 
When he was sitting there one day and a bear shows up to steal one of his sheep or the lion shows up and gets a hold of one of the lambs and begins to take it away. And boy, with quick anger and determination, David rescued those lambs. And I believe that's the same thing that's happening in David's heart when he hears, O Goliath, curse the God of heaven and the armies of Israel. Several statements that David made that are significant and important that we point out. David asked the question, is there not a cause? And it's not long until David has declared that he will go fight Goliath the giant. Word comes to Saul the king. Now, you have to understand if you study the life of Saul, Saul is a very good man. Uh, Saul is a big man. He's head and shoulders above other people. But at this time, Saul is afraid. In fact, Saul has been trying to get volunteers to go and fight against Goliath. And he says, uh, uh, whoever will go fight, I'll, I'll, I'll give him a bonus. I'll, I'll give him my daughter to marry. And uh, he, he made several promises, but, but no one would go. So word comes uh, to Saul that young David uh, would go fight Goliath. Now, I'm not sure all that went on. But Saul eventually agrees to let David go. And he said, David, you don't have any armor. You need some armor. And he gives to David the helmet of brass. I can imagine taking a man the size of Saul, head and shoulders above everybody else, and putting that big old helmet on David's head. And it probably, uh, probably uh, moved around. And if he looked down, it probably covered his eyes. And then he uh, put that coat of mail or he put that uh, armor on him and David said, well, I can't wear this. And he made a statement, I think, that is worthy of our attention for the message tonight. He said, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. David said, I've never worn a helmet like this into any kind of a battle. I never wore any, any fighting armor like this before. And uh, I, I'll just go with what I have. Now, uh, David said, I don't want to wear this because I haven't proved them. But he said, he's insinuating here, there is something I have proven and I'll go with that. Let me just stop and say right here, during this time when all the world has sort of come to a halt, it's not time to just get into a holding pattern. It's time to prove some things for the, when the battle starts, we'll be ready to go. Are you spending time with God in prayer? Are you spending time in His Word? Are you spending time preparing for the bus routes to go again? Are you spending time preparing for your Sunday school classes uh, to grow again? Are you spending time getting ready to uh, win souls and get back at the work of God? Well, David, the Bible says, he had not proven those, and so he said he wanted to go with what he had proven. As you go on in the story, David makes his way toward the giant, and of course the giant has someone bearing the big shield in front of him and, 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 and Goliath is behind that individual. And he looks down and it seems that the Bible is saying that he sort of focuses in to see who is this big man that's coming from Israel. And he realizes this is a kid. He said, what do you think, I'm a dog and you came to scare me away with a stick or something? What in the world are you doing? He said, I'll feed you to the birds. I'll feed you to the fowls of the air. I'll feed you to the beast. You're not going to take my life. And David makes a very strong statement. David said, thou comest to me with a sword and a shield, with a spear, <clears throat> a sword and a spear. 
But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. David is ready for battle. Now, let me begin to make some application. Seventy-some young men are students or in our preacher boys class in my class at Commonwealth Baptist College. There are men in our church pews that are young men preparing or have prepared for ministry. And they're looking for and looking toward ministry in the future. I spent uh, time Saturday morning in conference call with various uh, uh, students and graduates and folks preparing for ministry. One young man and his fiancée getting married next month and then going on deputation to go to Africa as missionaries. And, 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 And it's an exciting thing to talk to the many people as we work not only in ministry here but to prepare young men for ministry. In our church, there are many folks that are preparing for a life of ministry. I recall as a teenager going to conferences around the country and hearing the men of God. And as you've heard me say, my dad would take me to conferences and take me to churches that were doing great works for God. And so at a young age, I saw above average ministries. My dad had built a church there in Hazard uh, beginning in July of 1972 until his death of 1985. He built a, a strong work, a work that had not been done like that uh, up to that time. Now remember a burning in my heart as I saw that work. And of course, in those days, my heart's desire was to work for my dad. And we talked about ministries uh, for the future. We talked about uh, the continuing of our church growing and making a difference for the cause of Christ there uh, in southeast Kentucky. And uh, we, we, we would go to every conference and we would learn what we could from every person in every ministry. I remember learning about the bus ministry. I remember hearing uh, Dr. Wally Beebe and Brother Jim Vineyard, those two men in heaven now, but were a great influence in teaching and training me in the bus ministry. I remember going to uh, soul winning classes with Curtis Hudson and uh, Let's Go Soul Winning by Dr. Jack Howells. I remember learning about prayer and learning about the Holy Spirit from Dr. John Rice. I remember learning about schedule, and I I learned that successful men live by schedule. And they accomplish more than you could imagine simply because they character themselves to live by schedule. I recognize that there were a lot of things that they did not do, though they would not be sinful things. They would keep them from doing what God had called them to do. I was interested in everything. I wouldn't know what kind of shoes they wore. I wouldn't know what kind of food they ate. I wouldn't know everything about them because I wanted the success in ministry that they had. I remember meeting Russell Anderson, and in those days they called him God's millionaire. Uh, Brother Anderson will be 89 years old here in uh, just a few weeks. I believe that 
he earns some 150, 160 million dollars in his life and uh, gave more than 50 million dollars uh, to the Lord's work. I wanted to get to know him, I, and I did as a young man, and then uh, later in uh, life to get to know him, and now of course he is the co-founder of Commonwealth Baptist College. Every preacher that I could meet, every preacher that I could learn about, I wanted to learn about them. I learned that uh, Russell Anderson ate pinto beans or soup beans four or five times a week. And I said, well, I'm already doing that. Maybe I'm on my, on my way to being a millionaire already. And, uh, but I want to know everything. And I, I, I work to learn. And I would attend conferences and classes. And, and uh, I, I, I would just go back uh, uh, to church. And I would put into practice everything uh, that I learned but then I recognized there was something that was the same about every man that was the key to their success. It wasn't their personality. It wasn't the prowess of their preaching. It wasn't their education, and though they had those things, these men had a walk with God that was a dependence on God. They weren't going to God just for instruction. They were going to God and yielding their lives. And God would bring about in His providential will wonderful and marvelous things because these men trusted in Him. I, I, I remember doing a study in the Bible and seeing the miracles of God and how God responded to men and here's what I learned. I learned God never won two battles alike. I saw there were so many battles and, and so many ways that God won the victory. And, 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 and I saw that, that God never won two battles alike. But the one thing I did find common in every one of those, there was a man that trusted in the Lord. You see... It didn't matter how God won the battle. God did the work because of a man that trusted in him. That's what we have here in 1 Samuel chapter 17. It wasn't necessarily the slingshot. It wasn't necessarily the stones. It seems that today we'd be interested in the brand of the slingshot. It seems that today we would be interested in the size, the type of stone. Was it sandstone? What, what, what kind of rock was it? It seems that we would be interested in learning about using a slingshot. But what we need to be interested in is David's walk with God. You see, it was David's dependency on God that caused God to work through him. It wasn't necessarily the tools that he used. David was a tool that was yielded and surrendered to God. You see, Saul thought if you're going to fight a battle, you have to fight a battle like every soldier, so here's armor. And Saul believed that I need to 
let you use this armor. David said, I haven't proven that. I've never won a battle with that armor. And I'll just go with what I have proven. And again, I ask you the question tonight. What are you proving in your life in quietness now that nobody sees, that no one knows about? What is your dependency on God? What is your study habits in the Word of God? What is the hunger that you have for God? Are you, are you satisfying your mind and your life with so many things that you have to make yourself study the Word of God? Or are you living in a charactered way that would cause you to say, I want to know more about the Bible. I want to know more about God. I want to know more about surrender. I want to know more about yielding. It's not what I can think about that I could do for God. It's what God would want in His mind to use me for and I want to be so in touch with him that God's will can easily be understood and received and fulfilled in my life you see there's so many I fear today and I say young preacher I don't covet a man's buildings covet a man's walk with God don't covet a man's staff covet his walk with God don't say if I had a town like he had just say if I had a trust in God if I had his money don't worry about those things that's often what we see and oftentimes those are the things that we talk about oh but what we need is to get into the woods to get in our prayer closet to get alone with God and these times have been perfect for that they've been helpful in that and they've not been a time to just get in a holding pattern. These have been a time to get a hold of God because we need to prepare for the days that are ahead. Joshua chapter 6, we have the story of Israel defeating the city of Jericho. And that's a great story and I'll not go through it. It was a story of faith in God just walking around the city until the walls fell. But then they gained a confidence in themselves and so the next city that they would take would be the little town of Ai. But they went to the town of Ai with confidence in themselves thinking, boy, if we took Joshua, I mean, if we took Jericho, that big city, Ai won't be a problem. In fact, won't you guys take the day off and let me just send a few people up there. Boy, it wasn't long until they came running back in fear and many of them were killed because they went into Ai not trusting in God. And I fear that so many times we attempt to do something for God because will it work for him? Will it work for them? Will it work for us before? That's not the question. That is not the pattern. That's not what to follow. What to follow is time on our face before God saying, oh God, what is your will for today? What is your will for the summer? I want to be prepared for what God has in, my, in, in His will for my life. It's time that we learn that the battle is the Lord's. And if we're going to win the battles for Him, we're going to have to walk with Him and do His will. I've had the privilege and I'll celebrate my 29th anniversary here at our church the first Sunday of May, just two weeks from today. And God's done many wonderful things. But, but I want to make this plain. God never did the same thing over and over and over again. Now I understand there's some practices that we have that we never stop doing. 
We never stop our soul winning. We never stop witnessing. Those are things that are just given as staples in the local church that we're supposed to tithe. We're supposed to be faithful to church. But I'm talking about steps of faith. I'm talking about the camp. I'm talking about Commonwealth Baptist College. I'm talking about construction as far as church is concerned. 29 years and we've been in a building program, much of them. But you know what? We don't say, here's what I did before. We'll do that again. Here's what we did before. We said, oh God, I want your will. Oh God, you show me what to do. I don't want to follow a pattern I want to follow a plan. I want to follow a person. I want to follow God's will. David said, I have not proved those things. I'll tell you what I have proved. I've proved that when I walk with God, God gives me the victory. I've proved that when I walk with God, God gives me what I need to defeat the enemy to bring honor and glory to God. There's a song that my parents sang that I've sung all my life. We've sung it here at church. Without him, I could do nothing. Without him, I'd surely fail. Without him, I would be drifting like a ship up, up without a sail. I say to you tonight, it's not the sling. It's not the stones that made David a great giant killer. It was his walk with God. When his enthusiasm, it was his trust in God. It wasn't his personality It was his faith in God. It was not the shepherd's bag. It was his faith in God. It was not the particular stones that he had. It was David's walk with God. David never mentioned the stone. David never mentioned the sling. In fact, David didn't have a sword. When he knocked down Goliath with the slingshot and the stone, he took his sword, and he cut his head off and he brought the head back across the valley. It'll be our walk with God, missionaries, that'll get you through deputation and on the mission field. It'll be your walk with God. There'll be some times that you'll be on the mountains and you'll rejoice. There'll be some times you'll be in the valleys. You'll question. And can I tell you, when you question, make sure you ask the right person. Ask God you'll find that even when you can't see Him in the darkness, He's still there. You'll find that in the trials, God is more precious than at any other time. Missionary, it's your walk with God that'll get you through deputation and on the field. Young man, it's your walk with God that'll help you to make the decision of taking that church and taking that town on to say, I want to make a difference for the cause of Christ. I want to be the salt and light of this city. Oh, listen to me, Bible college student. It's your walk with God that will get you through college and get you through the preparation and ready. When you get to the battlefield, someone may say, what do you think about this contemporary song? You need to tell them, I've never proven that before. I'm not going to use that. Oh, but I know how to walk with God. I know what to do. I'm going to stay with my faith in God. I want to stay with the trust in Him. It is not an improvement of tools. It's an improvement of trust in God. That's what makes the difference. Folks, God's not going to be reduced to a formula. He's not going to be reduced to four steps and we just do that without thinking. I think of the things that God's done. I have a few of these listed uh, here in the sermon. He turned uh, the waters and the ditches to blood one time. 
He made the sun to stand still one time. He sent hornets against the enemy one time. He had the armies to walk around the city one time. He had the armies to sound trumpets and break pitchers one time. He parted the waters for his people and drowned the enemy in the same water one time. He gave water from from one rock the rock of Horeb. He took the wheels off the enemy's chariots one time. He saved a city with a Jewish queen one time. He killed a king with a bowed adventure one time. He sent frogs once and lice once and flies once and darkness once and locusts once and hails once and boils once and moraine once. He used earthquakes at some and storms at some and winds some. He gave manna from heaven one period of time. He used water to destroy a world at one time. He fed the prophet with ravens one time. He had fed 5,000 with a, a, a two fish and five loaves at one time. You say, but what is the common denominator of all of those somebody trusted in God somebody trusted in God somebody trusted and were obedient it didn't make sense it didn't have to make sense because the action didn't have to make sense because faith in God that's what made sense I'm saying tonight my Lord knows the way through the wilderness all I have to do is follow my Lord knows the way through the wilderness All I have to do is follow. Strength for today is mine all the way and all I need for tomorrow. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. Now tonight, I want to say, I don't know how much longer we're going to have in our quarantine time at homes. I don't know how much longer we're going to have. Here's what I want you to put in your mind tonight. Don't just wait it out. Don't just get in a holding pattern. Let's begin some habits, some behaviors that will prepare us for when the battles come, we can claim the victory. Think about it. All of those soldiers, nobody willing to fight Goliath. One young man, a shepherd boy, spending time with God. I can imagine David every day putting... A stack of stones there, a pile of stones, putting them into the slingshot, round and round. Hit a tree. Do it again. Hit a tree. Find a smaller tree. Put that stone in there and hit that small tree. Ten times straight. Imagine him taking, seeing just a a limb or a small target and getting where he can hit that small target. Over and over. All the while rejoicing in a God all the while looking at the vast creation, the beauties of it and saying, Lord, how wonderful and how great you are. Watching the sun to rise every morning and the moon to come in the night. Watching as the sheep would live and grow and have little ones and how God was in control of all things. One morning, as David's getting to go, ready to care for the sheep, his dad said, Son, uh, I'll take care of the sheep today. I've got a job. I've got a project I want you to do, an errand I want you to run. Yes, sir, Father, what's that? I want you to go check on your brothers. Oh, boy, this is going to be exciting. I get to go down and see how the battle's going. David goes down there not knowing what he's going to find. He hears the cursing of Goliath. He hears the cursing of the giant to the armies of God. Boy, a fire begins to burn like it did when he saw the bear and the lion. 
It's not long until you hear him say to Goliath, you come to me with a sword and a a spear. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. It's not long till you see that young man of faith coming back across that valley with the giant's head in his hand and victory. What are you preparing for right now? Get out of the holding pattern. Get into the preparation time. Say, Lord, I need to set some habits in my Bible reading. I need to set some habits. If you're not going to read your Bible now, you're not going to read it when you get back to a busier schedule. You're not going to pray now. You're not going to pray when you get back to a busier schedule. You're not going to be faithful to God now. If you're not going to give God time now, you won't do it then. Let's prepare for the time is coming for us to get back into battle and to rejoice in the victories. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the preaching of the message to our hearts tonight. And I pray that tonight we would not see this time as just a time to sit and to wait, but Lord, a time to prepare. I believe, Lord, the weeks ahead are going to be great weeks of opportunity. Now, what are you preparing for? You could become a soul winner. You could become a servant for the Lord. You could be someone that could bring many people to church and see them come to know Christ as Savior. Think about it. Pray this prayer. Lord, what do you want me to do? We get back to church. Lord, here's what I've been doing. But Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to be involved in? Looking forward to getting back to driving that bus. Seeing that bus filled with young people. Hearing them sing and hearing the program and on their way to the Lord's house. What are you preparing for? You see, David didn't say, how in the world am I going to kill this giant? He said, no, no. I'm not going to try what you've offered. I, I want to try what I've already proven. And needs to be time of preparation. So we'll be ready when the battle comes. Teenager, what are you going to do for God? They say, all right. Go do what you want. Visit who you will. What are you going to do for God? What's in your heart tonight? What's in your mind tonight? Ask God. God, prepare me. Heavenly Father, David, no doubt, when he was walking with you, had no idea that he would face a giant as a lad. But Lord, his time with you and his faith in you certainly prepared him for the battle and the victory was yours. May we as David be preparing for what is ahead. Thank you for the word of God and the challenge of it. Holy Spirit of God, I pray, bless it to our minds and to our hearts this week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for watching tonight. I look forward to being with you again this coming Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock.